Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode of Heart, Home, Faith. I'm your host, Olivia, and I am so excited to be bringing this episode to you today. Okay, what is special about this episode is that it's an actual conversation between me and the woman who is not only a very good friend of mine, but the woman who will be my doula when I attempt a natural childbirth for the first time ever. Now, just to make it clear, I've had medicated births with varying degrees of success, from a medicated birth that did not provide any relief from the pain, to medicated births where I basically slept until it was time to deliver the baby. There is a whole spectrum, but as we continue, you'll hear some of my reasons for why I feel called to try this type of birth at this time. This is not a insight into the evil of medication or anything like that. No, this is a very personal choice and Judith and I both respect that choice. However, we thought it would be interesting to share what some of the reasons are and to share this conversation because she is literally helping me to prepare for my own natural birth attempt. I'm due in April. This episode's coming out in December. I hope very much to share my birth story after my baby is born. Please pray for me and please enjoy this episode. Hi, Judith. Hey, Olivia. I am so excited that you are able to chat with me today, and thank you for letting me record our conversation. Um, As I mentioned in the intro, this is going to be an episode of my podcast, and I'm really excited just to chat because, as my listeners know, I'm pregnant with baby number four, but what I think they don't know is that I've had medicated births with my other three, And so I really would like to go for a natural birth, but as I've told Judith, who's a really good friend of mine and also a trained certified doula, um, I don't like pain. So (laughs) we're going to just kind of chat through some stuff today to talk about like what I want. And I mean, this is totally new for me, even though this is going to be my fourth baby. So anyways, thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with you. And I know we've had many conversations about briefly about this already. So I'm excited to see what you have to say today. Yeah. Okay. Well, so the first thing is, as you know, my first birth experience was pretty bad. I had a bad epidural and you have convinced me that a bad epidural is actually worse than no epidural at all. But can you, can you just kind of walk me through how having no epidural is better than having a bad one? Because I'm still like, I believe you, but my body is afraid of all this pain. Well, okay. So that's jumping right in. But um, yeah, so I mean, I guess for some people, they might still think having an epidural is what they want, even if it doesn't work. But I do know that a lot of women who do have epidurals that fail, like yours did, um, it's first of all, you're stuck in one position. And so when you're on your back, and you're not working with gravity to work with those contractions and you're not able to move to work with your contractions, it can make the pain feel more intense. You can feel stuck, you can feel trapped and sometimes it can get panicky and stressful. And so I think that's why I've said that if your epidural doesn't work, it might just be better not to have one, but of course you never know if it's going to work or not. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to advocate for or against epidurals necessarily because every woman has to make that choice for themselves. But I think that you're going to be just fine with <laughs> going through with this process since you've done it from uh, on your back when you couldn't move and you couldn't work through the contractions. So. And it was so bad. 
Judith. It was so bad. And I remember, I remember asking my OB about it. And now that I've had more babies and had like really good medical care with my other babies, I am wondering why I didn't realize that I had such bad medical care with my first. But I, mean, I asked, it's so hard with your first because you don't know anything at that point, mm-hmm. and so you just you have no experience, and not and most women don't have any knowledge really about what they're going through, so you don't know what to look for and stuff. So right, I just I remember asking my OB, who I really really liked, and his response. And now I know better because the, the the doctors, the midwives, the people that I've worked with since have been like, well, they obviously just didn't get the epidural in the right spinal cavity and therefore you lost all feeling in your legs, but not in your uterus, which is like really not good when you're giving birth and you plan on having a medicated birth. But I mean, I had, I had absolutely no preparations for an unmedicated birth. But I remember asking my OB and he was like, well, if it felt that bad with an epidural, just imagine what it'd feel like without it. And I feel like that's a lie. Um, Cause you know, I mean, I'm sure that I know I felt every contraction and I know that it hurt. <laughs> so I guess I have this like uh, this mind block that's just like, this is going to be the most painful thing you ever do, um, which scares me. And it might be the most painful thing I ever do, but I, I don't know. I'm the, This pain thing is really getting in the way of me feeling like excited about it. And I know yeah. I want to do it. Um, mm-hmm. When I was training for my marathon, I told myself like, So the whole reason I even did the marathon was because I needed to prove to myself that I could do things that I thought I couldn't do. So this is like another perfect example of that. I don't know if that's a bad reason to want to have a natural birth, but like, I love my marathon. I feel so great about it. So I don't know. Tell me that I'm not crazy. No, I mean, as a fellow marathon runner, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I know exactly what you're saying. I know some of your listeners might not know exactly what you're saying, but I know exactly what you're saying. And it's, I mean, Sure. It is. It's a mix of wanting to, and I know you're very natural minded in general. I mean, you guys are ordering meat from a farm and you're just a very natural minded person. <laughs> well, we've, <laughs> but, we've grown. <laughs> it wasn't always that way, but yeah, yeah. I would but prefer still, the you, more natural option. <laughs> yeah. And so I think also being able to at least work towards and strive for a natural birth is something that, you know, your body is made to do this. And Although sometimes there are complications and thank God there is, there are medical interventions that can save our lives and that can um, be there for us when we need them. I think going through that challenge and really putting yourself in the mindset that I can do this, you can do this is something that you've done with your marathon. And so it's almost logical in my mind that this would be <laughs> kind of on the same it plane is- and if you're hearing my children, I apologize because oh. they're screaming, even though it's don't, late at night. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's life. We are moms and women, and we are, this is just real life. I'm in my scary basement, so it's, <laughs> it doesn't bother me. I, it's not yeah. the first time I've heard a child cry, but <laughs> I mean, it'll probably Shocking. not even, it probably won't even be very, very loud on the audio, and I can try to edit some of it out too, possibly, but yeah. Anyways, okay, so thank you for not making me feel like I'm an idiot for, like, wanting a natural birth, but my reason being that I like to prove to myself that I do things that I thought I couldn't do. Um, I guess I'm kind of a a goal-oriented person, and this seems like a really big goal, and I see how I changed in preparation for my marathon to completing my marathon, and I really like that, but I'm in no shape to do another marathon at the moment, so this seems like the natural (laughs) progression of where you should go, but you know, when I was training for the marathon, I did tell myself, like, I can do hard things. I can do things that I thought I could never do, Um, and so I told myself, I was like, if I ever have another baby, I want to have a natural birth. I just, I want to try it. because I've had I've had a failed epidural and then I had two epidurals that worked awesome. Like seriously, I mm-hmm. fell asleep and woke up and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna push." And they're like, "Okay, here you go." It's like, "Great, here's baby, thank you." And then yeah, I couldn't walk. Amazing. 
And then I couldn't walk for a while and that was really awful. And I hated that, that feeling in my legs afterwards, like you're mm-hmm. asleep, you know, mm-hmm. when your leg falls asleep or I guess usually it's just a foot, but like your whole body feels like that. That's a crappy feeling. Um, okay. So maybe what are some of the reasons since you are a trained doula, what are like some of the reasons that women opt for a natural birth over a medicated birth? Maybe are there any advantages? And I'm not saying that medicated births are bad and you're not either. If you feel like that is what you need to do, then that's what you need to do, right? Like, thank goodness we have Mm -hmm. these things available for for our birthing plans. But I'm just, I'm curious. I know a lot of women who've had natural births and as far as Mm -hmm. like preparing for them go, I just, I feel like we need to talk about why, like what might some of the advantages of natural birth be? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, so some of the advantages are, okay. So I guess, um, well, I mean like the biggest one for me, so I chose to have three natural births, as you know, Mm -hmm. um, the biggest one for me was just the recovery. Like you said, you couldn't walk after having an epidural, um, and baby's recovery as well, because oftentimes babe, when the flu, you're getting pumped full of fluids, baby's also getting pumped full of fluids. They're getting a little bit of sometimes of what you were getting in terms of medication. And, um, so just being able to receive all those endorphins naturally postpartum is just, it's just a very different recovery process. And so a lot of women choose to do a natural birth because they know the recovery is much different. Um, and because you're not, you're getting the natural oxytocin instead of pitocin, which is fake oxytocin going into your body. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it actually is like this euphoria feeling, which you get anyway, when you have a baby and everything, but it's just a natural hormonal euphoria as well. And that can help. I mean, it makes you almost forget that you just went through all this process and everything. And so a lot of women choose it just strictly for that postpartum aspect. Um, and then again, a lot of women choose it because baby is born without having all those fluids in them and they can oftentimes latch easier because they don't have fluids in their bodies. And so, um, there have been statistics done that babies who have with moms who have had an epidural or any type of medication, um, sometimes take longer to latch. And so that's another reason why sometimes women choose it. Um, another reason might be for just your own sake of being able to move, as you know, when you're in an epidural or even oftentimes if you, unless you get a hep lock, um, when you have an IV in, you can't really move. Mm-hmm. And so you can't work with the, your contractions for your body. So if you're having a really strong contraction and you're stuck on your back and your body just would be much more comfortable on hands and knees, it might, you can't move as much. And so women want that freedom. And so that's another reason some women attempt natural births or have natural births. And then I guess I would say another reason um, that kind of goes in that same mindset is that I'm getting distracted because my kids are screaming, but don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know you're used to it with your little ones too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a new thing in our house. And there's going to be a new one. <laughs> yeah. And a new kind of screaming. That's <laughs> right. A new baby but boy. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Oh, it's so exciting. <laughs> Going along with um, just the freedom of movement and um, the freedom of having the rituals that you want and creating the environment that you want to labor in. It's a lot more uh, complicated to do that when you're in a in a hospital room hooked up to machines and people are telling you when to push. And so you can actually feel the rhythms of your body and feel those contractions and work with the contractions. And it can make labor shorter sometimes because you can move into the position so that baby can move and get their head in the right spot so that they can come out quicker or um, in a, in a better way working with gravity. Sometimes you don't tear as often depending on the woman and depending on the labor. So I guess there's, those are all, it's, it's just letting your body work through the process versus having to maybe not feel it or be guided or told what your body is doing. And so, I mean, those are some of the reasons <laughs> in a long That's- answer. No, that's awesome. And you're actually helping me to get excited about this, um, which I know, like I'm excited and mentally I want to, but like I said, there's this 
little block. That road block, yeah. It's going to hurt. And I know it's going to hurt, which leads me actually to my next question. So um, this is where you can start asking me questions about like, well, what helps you relieve pain? But um, Mm -hmm. what can I do to help with (laughs) pain during a natural birth? Yeah. uh, Well, I mean, so there are many different things you can do. A lot of it's positioning. And so moving, rocking, slow dancing with your husband or on a ball. I know you're going to laugh at that, but I can show you guys (laughs) if you want. (laughs) I can show you guys how to work through contractions so that he's holding you and supporting you. Um, So I really, a lot of it's positioning your body, breathing, relaxing your muscles, Many women use water, as I've told you before. Um, love rather, water. I love water. If you love water, water. That's, that's a great way to, to help with pain relief. Just either, so you can't do it right away because you don't want to slow contractions with water. But taking an, unless you have like back labor, getting that warm hot water on like a shower on mm-hmm. your back can help relieve some of that tension and that stress. It also helps you to relax sometimes. Um, I've used birthing tubs before and a lot of women like to be in the water when they're in transition or in active labor to help relieve some of that that just you know water can help yeah, yeah me me put me Olivia's in there. waving at me right now <laughs> put me put me in the tub she's please. like hands up right now <laughs> I know like, sign me up just tell yeah. everybody <laughs> Olivia's gonna be really angry until she gets into the tub <laughs> and um, I'm laughing so hard at the idea of slow dancing with my husband through contractions because oh my gosh he is a wonderful wonderful man but I gotta tell you like Without a doula, I could not attempt this with just him. Like, there is no, he's just, he's not naturally like the caregiver type. He just wants to fix it. And so, I remember. He can't fix this. (laughs) He can help. So that's where, like, you're going to have to coach him and me. You're going to have to, like, coach him how to coach me because, well, he tries and he's going to be great. But it's just, it's funny because I remember when I was giving birth to Gabriella and that was when I, she's my oldest, and that was when I had my epidural that didn't work in the proper spot. Um, And I just remember him standing there being, like, but he really couldn't do anything at yeah, that point. Like, at that point, what do you do other than just mm-hmm. tell them she's not, this isn't working, fix it's, this, you know, exactly. he can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and also using him to help you. So like using him to like um, do massages on your hands in certain ways to help you not like grounding techniques um, or placing a hand on your head and on the back of your head and it helps relax you or pushing on your hips. There's all these different things that you can do to help ground you and center you, but also to help relieve some of the pain in your hips. So uh, different things like that, which I can help guide him and help them to, and also help with. (laughs) That makes me feel better that there's going to be someone who can help him do this. Okay. So I guess my next question is, so as a fellow marathoner, and this is always Mm -hmm. just going to keep coming back to the marathon because once you've done one, it becomes this obnoxious thing in your life where like everything comes back to your marathon. But, you know, like I had to prepare for that. So besides the obvious fact that my body is preparing for this and my body has given birth multiple times now, like I had to prepare very intensely for my marathon, right? Like you don't go out for a 20 mile Mm -hmm. run just for fun, unless you're crazy. And even then, like you're just (laughs) crazy. So (laughs) even doing it with a purpose feels crazy, but I'm just thinking like, you know, those runs help me with my breathing. They help me with my stride. They help me with, you know, my pain tolerance because 20 miles hurts. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I guess I'm just, I'm looking for like specific exercises or ways that I can help my body to prepare. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. like breathing and um, like, should I be doing physical exercise to help my body prepare for this? What, I guess, what's your take on that? Sure. Yeah. Um, Well, I think one of the biggest things that you can do to help prepare your body for the baby is just as you get farther along in your pregnancy to do things like cat cow. So like yoga, I don't know if you've done that in previous pregnancies to help kind of relieve back stress and back tension, but 
that can help a lot with just rocking the baby and getting baby into a good position because you're going to then obviously you want baby's head down. And so, mm-hmm. um, and then paying attention to baby's positioning. So trying to keep baby in a head down position is important. And so there are lots of different things. There's a whole website called spinningbabies.com mm. that can give you all kinds of different movements and things that you can do for your body, especially if you feel baby's in a malposition or hurting you in some way, there's all these different exercises on there. And I know a few of them that I can guide you through later on if you need them. Um, And then really it's a lot of just staying hydrated, all the things that you know, and the things that you would do to prepare for your marathon, like staying hydrated, staying active, um, doing things like maybe some squats, different exercises that you can do to, um, just kind of keep your strength up and also to keep yourself moving and um, keep your muscles from tensing. Some other things you can do that aren't physical might be, well, first of all, I think, and we've talked about this too, but, and friends have mentioned this to you, but possibly taking a natural birth class could mm-hmm. be a good thing to do. I'm, I'm assuming they're all virtual right now. Yeah. Um, and I just talked to my midwife and she said that I have to take a class because okay. it's my first one. So I think that's fine. Okay. I think that's really great. Um, yeah. And so that, that kind of preparation is also going to be good because they will also tell you, look, these are some things that you can do for yourself um, to help prepare. And then I don't know if you, if you did anything with your previous pregnancies, like drinking tea or things like that at all, drinking, um, like raspberry leaf tea can help, um, prepare your uterus. It basically it can cause Braxton Hicks, but you might not feel them. Um, and there's more science in it that I don't know all of it, but, um, drinking raspberry leaf tea helps to prepare your cervix and your uterus for, delivery. So as you get farther into your pregnancy, drinking that almost daily is, can be a good thing. Um, I find that really interesting. I don't know if you knew this. Um, when I was a teenager, I had a hemorrhage, um, and it was really bad. And I had a lot of like a a uterine hemorrhage. Um, Mm -hmm. and I have always struggled with really, really bad cramps. Um, because of ovarian cysts. And so I'm not like, I don't have, um, PCOS technically. I just have enough that occasionally rupture. So again, there's this pain thing, right? Like that is incredibly painful. And so when I've experienced no reward at the end, oh my gosh, it's the worst. Except for then I'm like, well, what the heck is happening? And then they're like, it's a cyst. I'm like, oh my goodness, it'll go away. Um, but anyways, I've always used raspberry tea as a relief for Mm -hmm. that, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Of course, then they're also like, and have this really high dose painkiller. I'm like, thank you. That's very helpful. (laughs) But you know, by the time you get to the doctor and they do an ultrasound, like this is what's happening. You're like, "Uh, okay. So basically I'm also kind of thinking that a lot of techniques or a lot of things that I do with this whole natural birth. And by the way, as I've aged, things have gotten so much better. And I think, you know, like the design of our bodies is so awesome that sometimes our bodies kind of sort themselves out a little bit. Um, so that's not to say that I won't ever have another one, but like they have become so much fewer and further between. Um, so I do like, I do think my so you've body. had raspberry leaf tea in the past too mm-hmm. then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a uterine toner is what it says like on it and what you might see. <laughs> so my uterus yeah, so, Right, I know. So it's, I guess it's good for cramps too. Mm-hmm. I've never actually used it for cramps, but yeah, it's interesting that you have. Recommend. <laughs> so yeah, and, and sometimes they don't really recommend it towards the beginning of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But I again, I'm not a medical professional, so I don't know any of the details. And also I've been told that, just talk to your, your OB or your midwife about whether or not they recommend it. But mm. that's something that I've used towards the end of my pregnancy without. And, and also generally speaking, if you have any contractions through your pregnancy, if your body's not meant to go into labor, it's not going to. So you might feel contractions, but you're probably not going into labor if your body's not ready to go into labor. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what it does. It tones it because it causes it to contract and get ready to deliver your baby. <laughs> Crazy. Who knew? Who knew? See, like all these natural things. Um, so, okay. I guess 
the thing that I did want to ask about specifically was like breathing. I remember Mm -hmm. before I got my epidural when I was pregnant with Pascal, well, about to deliver Pascal. She's my third. So for people who haven't figured out my family by now, (laughs) you're like, wait, what? (laughs) What what is her family? You're finding out. Um, But I remember looking at the nurse and being like, I don't feel well. She's like, well, that's because you're not breathing. It's like, well, so my natural tendency is to hold my breath through pain. That's really good for me to know. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) can you help me out? Like, I think I'm really going to need to practice breathing, which might sound really stupid, but like, I don't know what to do or how to even practice it. But, you know, I'm going to need some help with that. I don't think it sounds stupid at all, (laughs) to be honest with you. I don't think, and I think that holding your breath through pain is a really common thing. Like I teach fitness classes and when people are learning something new, like I do Zumba, if I'm doing a new song, everybody's holding their breath because they don't know what I'm doing. And so then at the end they're like, oh my goodness, what was that? Because they didn't, that was a hard song. And it's like, well, you weren't breathing. So that's probably why it was hard. So I guess that, I mean, it makes total sense that you would want to practice it and get prepared for it. And um, so one of the things I was going to talk to you about uh, whenever I talk to you was um, I've mentioned that there is a such thing as birth hypnosis before. I've actually been able to, you can Google, um, or I can send you one, but you can also Google like birth hypnosis tracks that you can listen to. And so the one I have is an Australian lady and she's cool. And she like kind of talks you through like your body is preparing for labor and I want you to breathe and like, and it goes through like breathe in, three out. And it like prepares you, your breath so that you can just practice that whole rhythm of relaxation. Because one of the main things that when I'm around you and when, as we get closer to your labor and your delivery is I'm going to have you focus on just really relaxing your body. And so a lot of times when we're in, we're in pain, we hunch our shoulders and we get really tight and we squeeze our hands or we lift our feet off the floor. And so like practicing, just like being able to keep your feet on the floor, keeping your shoulders down, everything you want to do be, is relaxing because every time you tense your body in a contraction, your body's not working to let that baby move. And so when, even though you're in pain, it's learning to just breathe and a lot of times women will come up with mantras and sometimes they change throughout labor. <laughs> As you get farther <laughs> along, you might, you might go from like, Oh, I'm going to have a baby <laughs> to like out, out, <laughs> get out. <laughs> yeah, those are so much nicer like than what I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> this is a Catholic podcast. Is, but... <laughs> this, is this the one where you look at your husband, you're like, I'm never doing this again. And that can become yeah. your, your little mantra phrase thing. Right. <laughs> We're doing this again. I last, like... one. <laughs> last one. Last one. It sounds so relaxed when you say it. <laughs> but, well, so I think like getting thinking about starting to almost like you know you see here people that make a vision board. So like starting to create your vision board in your head of like a mantra that might work for you. So a common one is just baby because it's helping you to focus on why are you having these contractions? Why are you in pain? And so a lot of times people will and it it sounds really crazy, but you'll be I mean, you've been in labor. So like early on in labor, most people are quieter. They're not going to be like screaming and stuff. Generally speaking, sometimes they are, but like generally you're just kind of like, Oh, I'm having contraction, you know? And then later on you're like, Oh, like, okay. I can't be quiet anymore. And so that's when like maybe saying something like baby, baby, or just, um, I can do this is a really good one. Mm-hmm. I love that one. I can do this. And it's coming out with your breath. And so it's going into your head, coming out with your breath and relaxing your body all at the same time. So thinking about, it doesn't have to be those things, but something that might work for you mm-hmm. might be really helpful for you. Just trying to focus on your breath, almost like yoga, focus on the breath, you know, except for it's like, oh, I'm tightening, I'm tightening, I'm tightening. And then you're like, I can do this baby uh-huh. or whatever works for you. Okay. Yeah. I feel like you know, so much, you know, I just keep going back to the silly marathon, which I loved, <laughs> but you know, I feel like so much of this is like so similar to mm-hmm. preparing for a marathon in that, I mean, I didn't purposely come up with like a phrase, but you know, I remember when I wanted to quit, it was just like, I can't quit. I've come too far. You know, like mm-hmm. I just, I remember, especially because I had a, 
an extreme pain in one of my feet after like mile 20. I was wow. like, well, I can't quit. I ran, I just ran 20 miles. Like I'm not going to yeah. quit. I'm going to do this. Um, and so anyways, I had to walk. I had to slow down. I had to change my, you know, perceived however I was going to do my marathon. Mm-hmm. And I thought I would run the whole way, but you don't run the whole way in a marathon. So like, I'm comfortable with like changes of pace and changes of tempo and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, like I remember having to think through, I'm not going to quit. I've come too far. Like I can't quit what it's I'm at the end. Like I'm so close. What's another six miles, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I would not say. Which right most now. people would say that's crazy, but <laughs> I, I did that's... that exact same thing at 20 miles. I was like, I'm almost there. And I had to stop and stretch and walk. <laughs> what, what difference does another six miles make? It was mm-hmm. like, it's only one more hour of pain. <laughs> like I literally had that almost thought there. as I crossed <laughs> the, the little timer thing. I was like, it's only one more hour of pain. <laughs> like I can do this. So I mean, I have, you know, I think I've got the mental fortitude to push through. It's just the, the pain and then knowing that this is going to be different than anything I've ever tried to do, which I'm excited about, but Mm -hmm. I still feel like, you know, I mean, I'm nervous. This is a big thing. And so like actually talking about it when you were like telling me to relax, I was like, oh yeah, I am sitting like this and I'm not, I'm all (laughs) punched up. I am, I am afraid of the pain. And so that's just something that I'm going to have to keep working through. Um, But I really do feel like this is something I looked at my calendar Baby is due April 1st, which means, you know, anywhere right around there could be baby's birthday. But mm-hmm. all of my girls have come one day before their due date. And I just looked at the the calendar and I just got the sense that like, okay, April 2nd is Good Friday. Like, I feel like there is something in there as far as like uniting your pain and your suffering. Like, I really deeply desire to do that. And so even if it's like, you know, not Holy Week and not Good Friday. Like, I really want to make my faith part of the birthing experience. I really, like, that is the biggest thing I can give to God, I think, right? Like, Mm -hmm. is pain, is suffering. Like, suffering is Mm -hmm. sanctifying. And so I'm afraid of pain, but I also know that, like, in order to draw closer to the Lord, I really do feel like I'm being called to embrace the pain and to give it to him and to, and to trust. And also there's apparently this like really bizarre saint who's not well known who, when women have, you know, asked for his intercession, they've been known to not have any pain. So I'm going to try that one too. And that <laughs> would be who? <laughs> I don't know. A friend sent her like to this me. This is important for me to know. <laughs> uh, sent him to me. Yeah. I can't remember. Oh, okay. I have to ask her, Hey, uh, Amanda Sloan, uh, send me who that <laughs> saint was. Cause I can't find it right now. But yeah, she's, <laughs> she, uh, is the peg doll painter who paints, Oh, all the different okay. saints. So she loves learning about all of them. And she learned this one particular yeah. saint had women who asked for his intercession and there were reports of them having no pain during child labor. And wouldn't hey, that, that be glorious? <laughs> I would accept that. I would accept that gift. I will help you through that painless birth. <laughs> Thank you. And by painless, <laughs> I wonder if they mean like totally without pain or just without extreme pain. <laughs> right. <laughs> these are, these are questions I have, but We'll find out when we get in heaven. I'll let you know who that saint is. Everybody. I will let everybody know who that saint is. I think you should. (laughs) I will. Yeah. This seems like really important information for the childbearing populace to know. At least the Catholic ones. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, everybody. This is how we convert people. Yeah. This is how we convert people. (laughs) So um, did you deliver where I'm going to be delivering or no? Okay. No, I have been there with another client, but I had, I delivered in a different birth center. Okay. So I guess my understanding, can you just kind of explain to me like what the birth center is like since, well, first of all, you actually might be the perfect person to ask because you were there not in labor <laughs> and not delivering. So I looked around actually, the room. Like, see what was there, <laughs> but like, what, what is there? How can I, like, what can I kind of expect as far as atmosphere. I know you had said Mm -hmm. that you had like a playlist of music to kind of help you through different phases. 
Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm just, I'm curious, like what is physically in the room? What can I expect as far as, you know, like the atmosphere and kind of getting myself comfortable? You're delivering in a birth center that's within a hospital. Mm-hmm. So you have not only the opportunity to have, it's a brand new sort of birth center. So you have this nice room and it's very, the lighting is dim, but there are like, if I remember this correctly, there are, you know, that, those like up lights on the shelf, you know, that kind of like shine, like a nice light on the walls. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like how you're just, <laughs> I'm just like raising the roof right now. I so. love it. <laughs> I remember it was just a very, it was, they keep it nice and dim, which is, I mean, hospitals do as well for birth generally, but well, not all the time, but. I feel like mine, well, maybe I'm just remembering the actual pushing when they turn all the lights on. Yeah, that's it. I could see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it was, it was dim because I always take a nap or took a nap. Right. But then at the end, (laughs) they turn on all the lights and you're like, can't see anything. (laughs) But yes. Okay. So they keep it dim. And, and then, then what's nice about where you're delivering is you get a queen size bed. So it's nice because it's an actual bed. It's not a hospital bed. So you can share it with your husband. You can um, get into lots of different positions on that bed because it's bigger and it's not uh, elevated as high from the ground. So it's also kind of nice because it's easier to get in and out of for nice. you. So if you want to move in and out of the bed or lean over the bed or have a ball on the bed or whatever you want, you can do that. Um, and then I believe all of those rooms have a tub. I could be wrong, but I believe they all do. So if you end up in the birth center, then you will be able to go in the tub if you can, not everyone can just because of timing and stuff. But Mm -hmm. I mean, if you get there and that baby's ready to come out (laughs) painlessly, then let's just do it. No, let's let's just throw that word painless around more often in this interview. We'll just keep keep throwing it out there until it's so in your head that that's your mantra. Painless. But then I'll be so mad. I'll be like, you lied. Yeah, maybe that's not true. That's not a good idea. my mantra. You lied. (laughs) You lied. No, like I... Okay. Yeah. So that sounds good. And I know like, I really want the option of a tub there. Um, but the other thing is that I have heard stories that by the time you get to your fourth baby kind of comes fast. So, mm-hmm. you know, I do realize there's a possibility that, you know, I think what I really want to do is I want to labor at home as long as possible. Um, yeah. you know, Although when I followed their ridiculous five one one rule, it hasn't worked out so well for me in the past because of prodromal labor. So right. You know, well, I, how long? How long? Of, I know you had a really long prodromal, a lot of prodromal labor with, mm-hmm. with your third, but when you got to the hospital, other times, how long? I I know you've mentioned this to me before, but did you have really long labors? No, um, Gabriella, my first was born within. I was induced. Um, mm-hmm. I was, she was, I was born. She was born. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think they started my induction. Like by the time they started Pitocin, it was probably around 10 a.m. And she was born 10 p.m. at night. So 12 mm-hmm. hours with Pitocin for your first. It's pretty short. Pretty short. And then with Maria, it was pretty short as well. I actually can't remember. She, Yeah, she was born... I was in labor, you know, from like noon that day. And then she was born at like 2 a.m. But we went to the hospital around like 9 p.m. So, I mean, it was, you know, not, I feel like there's this difference between, especially when you're having a medicated birth, because you want to get there in time to get your medication. But I feel like there's this difference between laboring at home versus hospital laboring. Because like you go to the hospital when your pain meets a certain standard. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and the contractions, if they're not coming five minutes apart lasting or, you know, one minute each for over an hour, then, you know, Mm -hmm. you're supposed to stay home. So I do, I follow the rules. (laughs) But then with Pascal and with prodromal labor, which I actually didn't have false labor the day she was born. I just had it like the whole month leading up to her birth. I remember. um, Which was (laughs) very exhausting. But 
that's another reason why I feel like natural birth is a really good thing for me is because if I have it again, you know, I can work through this at home until it either peters out after a couple hours or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, but I mean, I knew by like two o'clock in the afternoon that I was definitely in labor. I'd just been feeling like twinges on and off, but I knew Mm -hmm. it was the real thing by two o'clock in the afternoon. And I think I had her, like 10 30 at night. So, I mean, that's not long either, really like eight hours total from the time I knew for sure I was in labor to the time I had her. So yeah, Yeah. I mean, if we, if you cut a couple hours off that, (laughs) I'm not actually (laughs) looking at that much more time and pain than a marathon. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. (laughs) I've done this already. I know. Yeah. So I just, (laughs) that makes me feel better. Just keep like, <laughs> that's going to be your thing. You're going to be like, okay, Olivia, you've done a marathon. Just think about your marathon. Mm-hmm. Like that's, and yeah. I think did I, I told you this before, right? That my midwife said that to me when I was having my first, I think, yeah. When I, don't I first know I told you this. So when I, I think when I first met you and then I think I got super intimidated and I said something like, I will never run a marathon. I can't believe you ran a marathon. <laughs> that's so cool. Cause this no, was I like, mean, Years? Remember, did it, yeah, it was years ago, but when yeah. I was having my first, I had a terrible, terrible labor and my midwife, like they were, I potentially, if I would have been in the hospital, I probably would have had a C-section and he was in a terrible position and he just wasn't coming out. And she was like, she got in my face and she was like, you've done a marathon. You can do this. Your body can do this. You've already run a marathon. Get that act. She was like, get in your head, like when you were in a marathon and when you were in pain and then just power through it. And I, and it like, it changed my whole mindset. And then I had it. <laughs> it was like, that's what I needed to hear. So, you know, so <laughs> file that one away. Yeah. <laughs> it only works on people who've run marathons though. Don't ever try yeah. it on people. Who <laughs> no. Cause then you're like, cause then they're like, I've never, I can't do that. But no, I mean, that was, she was the, the person, the midwife that I needed in that moment in time. And she was the one who got me through that labor. So I really think that being able to channel that whole mindset is going to be super helpful for you too. Yeah, absolutely. And so I know, you know, obviously as I continue throughout my pregnancy, my midwife's going to be checking baby's position and making sure baby's not breech. And those are, you know, other barriers that we cross later on sure. when we come to it, whether we do, um, oh my gosh, I almost said aversion, inversion. <laughs> what it's, no, it's, it's called, so you, it's a version. So it's oh, like thank you. version <laughs> okay. is what they do. <laughs> All right. That makes me feel so but much it, better. It, is, it makes sense that it, like inversion because like twisting, you know, so that makes right. sense too. But. Okay. See, I'm not, I'm not educated in this the way a medical professional or a doula would be. So hmm. just, just to get it clear to listeners, you mentioned this, you're not a medical professional. You don't take the place of the midwife. You don't take the place of an OB. You don't take the place of a support partner. Maybe for people who are not familiar with what a doula does, can you just explain like, why would somebody want a doula? And then I've already mentioned a little bit about why I want one. It's because my husband's <laughs> literally going to need a coach to coach me. <laughs> so yes, that's, that's my story. But yeah, like what, what are some reasons for having a doula? Yeah. So, um, kind of what you mentioned, um, a doula is someone who is there as a support person for both the birthing mother, and then also as part of a birth team to help the support person that you have, whether it's your husband or whoever you have. Some people have their mom as their support person. So um, it's someone who's a constant presence there because as you know, nurses come and go Mm -hmm. and they have other women that are also in labor or they have their breaks and things like that. And so a doula is a constant presence who is there with you and um, with your support person to kind of help you through to be an advocate for yourself and to help support you in whatever your birth plan is, but also maybe to help get food or water for your husband or for you or to help managing pain techniques from a non-medical perspective. (laughs) And just, and I know nurses, especially in a lot of birth centers also have some of those traits too. But again, as they're coming and going, or they might not know where you are in labor and because they haven't been able to sit and watch your progression or watch your ritual that you're going through. Um, 
they can a doula can be there to also assist in all those things and also to be another hands-on person to help with the pain techniques and to help manipulate your body or to help you support yourself and things like that too. Okay. So I was actually a, um, a girl I follow on Instagram. She's so, so sweet. She just had her baby with a natural birth and she had had a natural birth before. And so I was chatting with her about it and I was saying like, you know, like the way that you talk about how your husband supported you through this, like that makes me wonder, like, I don't know if I can <laughs> expect that because my I feel like my husband would be like, I'm hungry and leave me to go get a snack. So anyway, <laughs> she's like, no, your doula can help him eat before he really needs to be there for you. So I'm just letting you know, mm-hmm. like you are, you are required. <laughs> like this is, this is actually what Pat's best friend was required to do. He was the best man at our wedding on our wedding day was he had to make sure that Pat ate at specific times because otherwise Pat has a history of fainting. And so like, that's very good to know. <laughs> exactly. So like, you're going to have to make sure he eats and mm-hmm. <laughs> that he does it in a time in a way that does not irritate me. <laughs> okay. Well, I can't promise that a hundred percent because <laughs> yeah, I I'll do my not... very best. <laughs> I'm not a magician, but I am. <laughs> But I'm there to kind of help. But he, I mean, he, if he needed, if you were in a position where like baby's not coming right now Mm -hmm. and he needed to go eat outside of the room because you can't handle the smell right now, you know, like that gives that option that he can go do that and take a break if he needs to and Mm -hmm. then come back. And, and so that also gives him that option too. But, and then also keeping you hydrated is another thing that we will also work on too, because just like in your marathon where you had to drink all the time, you should also be drinking all the time through labor and going to the bathroom all the time through labor. Really? Huh. I guess I'm not used to that because I've had epidurals, so I didn't know, (laughs) but that's interesting. Okay. And I've also, because of epidurals and because of, I guess the hospital setting, I've only ever been able to have ice chips. So are you saying I actually get like real water? Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) most of the time. So when you have an epidural, because you have, um, Basically, they have to do everything by the book in case you end up in a C-section. Mm-hmm. They, you can only have ice chips. But in, generally speaking, and I can't speak for every hospital or every midwife, but generally speaking, midwives and natural birth people will encourage you to eat, to bring snacks. So to bring like a granola bar or something that you can eat when you're there, if you're hungry, if you need to, um, and to drink water. So, I mean, I encourage you to eat food when you're in labor, make sure you're eating before you leave, make sure you bring like some, I always have bars with me in my doula bag so that if you're hungry, I'll have something that you can snack on, or at least I can get you something. Mm -hmm. Um, always filling up, bring a water bottle that you love that doesn't spill (laughs) so that you can constantly, like if someone needs to bring you water, they can, because if you're hot, if you're in the tub and you're hot and you need some water, then you want to have something you can drink. I'll also bring straws. So yeah, you should, you should be able to. Look, I have my, (laughs) I have my Camelback water bottle for my from oh different sport from my triathlon because this goes in the bike (laughs) and then you just squeeze it and it yeah. Pops out. Look at that. I'm yeah. so excited. Pat even has one. It doesn't match. We're not a matching couple, but still <laughs> he has the same one in a different pattern. So you can remind awesome. him to drink too, but yeah, this will yeah. be like, <laughs> we'll just have yeah, to keep I mean, bringing it back to all of our sports. Like verify everything with your midwife, of course. But uh-huh. as far as I know, when I was at the birth center that you're going to, they do allow you to eat and drink. So just verify with them that that's still the case. And you, would. you should be. You just made this whole thing sound so much more <laughs> worth it. I just, okay, so the other thing, um, I have had a required antibiotic for several, two of the three of my deliveries. <laughs> I love when people say several and they mean like one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like two out things. of three. That's a lot, <laughs> percentage-wise. <laughs> but anyways, you know, so I guess <laughs> I am the idea of having an IV and having to move and drag this thing around with me, that is not what I want. So you were mentioning Mm -hmm. a different type of IV. Can I like request that if I need it? Or Mm -hmm. let's say that I don't test positive for the thing that makes me need an antibiotic. Will they still make me have an IV or do I get to not have one? 
you probably will not have to have one unless you need it. So, um, and please don't let me. Yeah. So this is not medical advice at all, but my thing that I, I swear drinking probiotic drinks throughout pregnancy helps to keep you from having to take antibiotics and from testing positive and for beast for, uh, B-strap. Ruby strap. And so that's my, that's my thing. I'm just like, have drink like probiotic drinks. So they're like, the, I drink the Kavitas because I didn't want to have the um, kombucha during pregnancy, pregnancy, but, but so I drank the kefir water ones and uh-huh. I, I swear by it. I don't know if it's true, but I, I think that that might be something that could help with it. But right. just in general, yeah. So you can request a Heplock with, which is just the one that you can, it attaches to your arm. And so when you need the antibiotics for that 20 minutes or so, you would be strapped to a pole, but you can move around still. But then as soon as you're done with it, you take it out and then, and it's just a thing. So they just stick the thing in and they take it out. It's just a little tube thing. It doesn't, it's not extra painful. It's the same thing as an IV, but it's movable, removable. So they just put it on, take it off. And so that can be nice because then when you're, when you don't need it, you're just a free as a bird. But when you do need it, you, you have that 20 minutes or so where, but at least you're not stuck laying down. So you can do it in a sitting position or whatever, and you can kind of move around as you need to. Um, Did I ever, I don't think I ever told you my, my ridiculous story about what Pat did. Pat is my (laughs) husband for those who, again, have not figured out my family, but um, when I was in labor and I was induced with Gabriella, our oldest, we brought our little like iPad mini and we had downloaded some games on it to just help us pass the time. And he beat me so badly in the games. We bought a virtual ticket to ride game and downloaded it. And I was like sitting on the ball, like trying to like get (laughs) some contractions going and work through the ones that were there because Pitocin is- Because you were induced, yeah. And um, anyways, so (laughs) I remember just looking at him and being like, why did you beat me? Like this is the (laughs) one time that you let me win. Like, well, it's just what, making me feel worse. What is wrong with you? Like, it just, I don't know. So it's just, it's funny because he's such a good guy, but oh my gosh. Yeah. He just was like, I, he has this philosophy that he never lets anybody win. So that way when they beat him, they really do beat him. Which yeah. I feel like maybe your husband might agree with, but still it was like, this is the one time. 100%. <laughs> this is the one time. But I also can say that we haven't brought games to the room. <laughs> this time you're not going to have that opportunity because right. when you get there, you're going to have a painless delivery. <laughs> right. Well, and I mean, and I was induced. We knew we were going to have time. Right. We knew different. that it was going to be, it was, mm-hmm. we knew it would be different. And anyway, yeah. so we just wanted to spend some time together. And like, that was what we did. Yeah. Like just sometimes at night, we just like pass the iPad back and forth rather than get out the actual game. It was just right. easier. And anyways, but yeah, so- I've, changed a lot in the past 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't know you 10 years ago, but I would love to see you meet the different Olivia's. (laughs) You're like, but who is this woman? She's weird. (laughs) (laughs) No. So I guess my question for you that kind of goes along with what you've been asking me is you've been asking me about different pain things that work with pain and that can help you with pain. So what are some things that you have been thinking about? Are there certain things that you like? Do you like can not well candles? Usually they won't like real candles, but like pretend <laughs> candles. Do you like music? Do you like massage? Do you like physical touch or do you hate physical touch? You've been in labor three times. Some people love it. Some people are like punching people away, you know, and do you, obviously you said you like water. Um, a couple other things snacks. are. I like to eat and snacks. You like these are good. <laughs> these are good things. <laughs> um, do you is scent a thing that works well for you? So some people like to have the oil, essential oils, and things like that on their pillow or on like washcloths. So okay. No. So a smell for me, it just I can associate smells with things like, mm-hmm. and I just I don't need to associate pleasant yeah. smells with my labor. That's just not gonna work for me. Cause then every time I smell that pleasant smell anywhere, I'll be like, Oh, labor. Um, <laughs> but, lavender. Uh, <laughs> I don't want lavender labor. No, I, uh, you know, I think like 
what I really am kind of envisioning is um, just, again, a lot of breathing. I know mm-hmm. I liked the peanut ball. Um, mm-hmm. I also know I like the, the ball to bounce on mm-hmm. um, through contractions. And then I also know that I get pain in my back. And so okay. um, positioning to relieve that would be great. And I can even practice those now because the joy of being pregnant for nine months is that you experience that pain before it's time yeah. to start. Um, so yeah, so that's something that I'm working through. But I, I really envision water um, as far as like the tub of being part of my birthing experience. Mm-hmm. And then um, music has always been very helpful to me as far as like just motivating me to get through it, whether it has lyrics or just a beat or something soothing for different, you know, stages. Uh, I, I just feel like when it's time to push, I'll I just, like, put that in charge of the music and the final countdown would come on, which actually might make sense. But anyways, it just sounds like something he would do. But anyways, you know, I, I feel like that's something that I would want to curate would be the, the playlist. I would not yeah. want to. But I was going to say, you should make one. Cause I know, like for, I know I've told you before I had music on and for some reason it was incredibly loud in my third labor and everyone in the room knew it and they all talked about it, but no one told me I was just in my zone, but it was like blast. They couldn't even hear what I was saying. Cause it was like blasting music, <laughs> which I did not turn it on. So I had no control over how loud it was, but anyway, I, I would encourage permission to turn down my music if it's ridiculously <laughs> loud just so you know I don't know why no one did and then it was just like a thing but so um I would encourage you to make a playlist because I don't want to play anything that's going to be like again like lavender you know? <laughs> yeah like, this song why is it part of it this one you know so think of things that are going to be either relaxing to you or like positive music. And you can always mm-hmm. tell people like, not this song and switch it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But just so you have that on your phone so that we can plug in your phone or Pat's phone. If you want to not have your phone, whatever, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I encourage you to come up with that so that we can make sure that that happens. And then I also encourage you to, I don't know if in the past if you've written out a birth plan to take with you to the hospital or not. And, and it was I, ridiculous. Yeah. Like, so what was wrong with me? So it's, you want something generally like, you know, nurses and doctors and OBs, they see them all the time. And half the time they're like, oh, look at this paper. And they crumble it and just put it over here. But so you want it because it's usually like a spreadsheet <laughs> or something, you know. And so like just a few things that are like three or four items. And that way when you get to the hospital, you can have Pat, if he'll be there with you immediately so he can give it, or if you're able to, you can give it to the nurse and say like, these are the few things that I want. I just really want to have as natural a birth as possible. I really want to use water. I really want to be able to eat and drink and I really want my music on. And so, or whatever you have is your thing. Mm-hmm. I really want to, I don't know. I really want to make sure that I'm in this position when I deliver, you know, whatever you have as your thing. Right. I know. I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm just, I'm trying to give a, think of a couple more examples, Mm -hmm. but so that you just have a few items on your list that you can give them and then they can say, Oh, I remember like right in that way they know she wants to use water. So they're going to watch for that moment when they say, okay, you can go in the tub right now. And Mm -hmm. so we're going to start the water now because those tubs take like a half an hour to fill sometimes. So like, just, it's so annoying. So, cause it's a deep tub. It's like uh-huh. filling a jacuzzi. Oh, that sounds so, so from amazing. From a faucet. They're so just like I guess. Float. Just, yeah. So it takes a while sometimes. And so they have to do it ahead of time when they're thinking that like, oh, you're nearing transition. So it's time for you to go in the water. It won't slow your labor. Mm-hmm. So let's get this going. So if you have those things written out on just a small piece of paper to help them know, and then as long as I know what's on it and Pat knows what's on it, we can all advocate for you and you mm-hmm. can advocate for yourself. And that way it can, you can have more, hopefully, of a labor and delivery process like what you are hoping for. Right. Obviously, we all know that things happen mm-hmm. and you have to be open to working through those changes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we can talk about different positive and negative reactions to different situations like you can always ask say to a doctor or a nurse like what happens if we wait and a half an hour like if they tell you you need something now 
you say, well, what happens if we wait? What happens if we don't do it? What happens if we do do it? And if it's an emergency, they'll say, you're doing this now, you know, but if it's not an emergency, they might say, oh, you could, let's give you a half an hour and wait. Mm -hmm. So it's all about like working through what happens as it comes. So just coming up with some couple few, a couple few, a few things <laughs> that maybe are really important to you and having them on a piece of paper that's legible. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And I mean, there's not a ton of things that are super important to me at this point, just like what I want. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. Um, mm-hmm. Like people just touching me just to touch me is a terrible thing. But like if it has a purpose, like a massage <laughs> type thing, like then, yeah, that's fine. But like if you just, if you touch me just to touch me, I do not want that. <laughs> so whoever's listening to this, if you know me in real life, like don't just touch me. Like that's weird. If you, if you like want to give me a hug, that's fine when it's not COVID. But yeah, anyways, like just like, I don't want to be poked or pinched or prodded ever. Who does? Yeah, no, I right. no. But well, yeah, there's just, a purpose. But some people, right. Like if counter pressure on your back, so like mm-hmm. pushing on your hips on your, from your, um, from your back to help open up your pelvis and help relieve some of that tension and pain in your back, like things like that. Most people like those things, but there are those people who are like, I don't want to be touched. I want to be left alone in my labor so I can just kind of meditate, you know? And so knowing what you like and what you don't like is really important for me to help you. Mm-hmm. And the the other thing that I want to say is that I'm really excited that you are Catholic um, because a doula who didn't understand my desire to bring my faith into this would probably not understand like what the real motivation is. Um, mm-hmm. Of course I, I want to, and I've always hated being so swollen after giving birth, like seriously, like I swell so bad. I'm like, I look like a balloon. Like, what is this? Of course that could happen anyways. Right. Like, but I just, you know, the whole idea of not having as difficult of a recovery of being able to be on my feet, being able to walk, being able to walk after giving birth and, you know, use the bathroom like a normal Mm -hmm. person does sound pretty enjoyable um (laughs) and then of course the idea of sleeping in an actual bed instead of that so nice whimsy hospital bed that just so nice like you feel I don't know I just like I'm not sick when I'm there to give Mm -hmm. birth in which I appreciate that I won't be treated like a sick person so that makes me feel better. And the whole idea of being able to eat and drink throughout labor makes me feel just so much better about the mm-hmm. whole thing. Cause like, that's like the only good thing about the epidural is that when they give it to you by that point, you're like, mm, I guess I'm not eating or drinking. And by that point yeah. you don't feel hungry anymore. Um, but yeah, I'm like, okay, this is going to be good. I feel really excited <laughs> about this. Actually, seriously, who knew that it was going to be, you can drink water. <laughs> that was going to make me so excited. Like bring on the pain. If I've got water, it's and you okay. You need to drink water. It's so important to drink water. Cause if you get dehydrated, it's, it can hinder contractions and hinder progress. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I am so excited. Um, this is, we have so much more to talk about. I'm sure when mm-hmm. we get a chance, but I'm really excited actually. So thank you because at first yeah. I was really nervous, but I'm really excited to, to go for this. And of course, I asked my midwife, I was like, you guys are supportive of natural births, right? They're like, we are very supportive. It's like, great. That's (laughs) That's all I need to know. So she had said that as long as I pass my, um, my gestational diabetes test, which is just Mm -hmm. a few weeks for me, um, they'll just fax a referral to the birth center and then the birth center will make me take a class and then I'm pretty much good to go. Um, that's great start looking into ways to prepare myself for it. So I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm going to just work on focusing on my breathing and trying to think of a good, you know, like phrase or word or something I can breathe with. And then, yeah. um, looking for if ways. You love, you love praise and worship music. So mm-hmm. maybe channeling that too. Yeah. Might be really, like I put some praise and worship music in my playlist and I think that those songs really empowered me in my labor. And you're actually not the first person to tell me that like having a Catholic doula was really important to them because it, it can change having your, the people around you that support your faith can be so not only, I guess, freeing because you don't have the pressure of the, of people judging you or not knowing what's going on or, you know, all those things. So yeah. And I mean, I think too, like 
being able to pray early on or being able to, you know, just like even bringing a crucifix or just something to look at, like just little things. Now, if you're like, okay, Olivia, no one does that. I don't care. I can do it anyway. But like there, you, you'd be surprised what people do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would be because I don't know, but I just, I feel, I feel not ready because I'm only 25 weeks. So I'm not ready, but uh, Mm -hmm. like, I feel a lot more comfortable in this decision after this. So thank you very much for, for helping me. I'm so glad you do. (laughs) Yeah. And thank you for letting me record it too, because I feel like it's just, I mean, this was a much less informal chat than usual or a much less formal chat than usual um, mm-hmm. with my guests. But I know Judith is a real, real life person, uh, not just through <laughs> I'm the a real life person. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But in this time of COVID, it's like, I know people through screens, but I also know people in like, yeah, when COVID's over, I will hug you and it'll be lovely. So mm-hmm. that day. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode where I chatted with my good friend Judith about natural childbirth. I'm really excited to attempt this particular type of birth and I really, really could use your prayers. If anybody else really wants to know who that saint was that we could ask for intercession for totally pain-free births, I'm going to find out and I'll share to my stories. Until next time, may you feel as loved as you are by the one who made you.